Yeah, that soccer show is proud to be a part of the Soccer and Sweet Tea Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Go check out all the great coverage of soccer in the Carolinas at soccer, the letter N, sweettea.com. We've been telling you about Uptown Poor here on the podcast for a while now, and we're super excited that they're continuing to support us and everything we're trying to do to help grow soccer in the upstate. But I wanted to tell you a little bit more about Uptown Poor. They're part of an of a umbrella organization called the Uptown Company, which is Uptown Poor and Uptown Catering. So they offer these two unique uh, services for you. One, Uptown Poor being a beverage catering company where they can give you bar service for your event or party. And then Uptown Catering, where they can, can they can bring food. They can do any of the food items for your party. And so you can use them in tandem together to put on an incredible event. If it's a wedding, if it's an anniversary, if it's some kind of party you're hosting this summer, you need to check out Uptown Poor and Uptown Catering. And if you have, if you're like me, you're a visual person, you want to see what this kind of stuff looks like, I would encourage you to go over to Instagram, check out The Uptown Company, and you can see pictures of drinks and food that they've done. Man, they had a picture of some cannolis from the Artisphere tent that they had, and man, do they look good. They also had some fish tacos and margaritas that looked really good. So go check them out on Instagram there, um, and then you can visit their two sites, UptownPoorCo.com or UptownCateringSC.com to check out all the things that they have on offer. This is Yeah, That Soccer Show, the completely unofficial podcast that talks all things Greenville FC, NPSL, and so much more. So come on, Greenville, this show is for you, it's about you, and we want this show to be driven by you. So email the show at yeahthatsoccershow at gmail.com or slide into our DMs over at YTSS Podcast. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome in once again to episode number 15 of Yeah, That Soccer Show. After our first ever home game, a 2-1 defeat to International FC. We're going to break that down all in this episode. We're also going to do just a quick preview of the upcoming exhibition match this Wednesday night against the Savannah Clovers. We're not going to go into a, t- a ton of depth with that just as it's being an exhibition match and it's midweek. It's a quick turnaround, um, but we will just talk a little bit about them. Um, but I want to, before I break down the game too much more, I want to jump into an interview we recorded right after the game. The emotions were raw. They were real with Ben Gosshorn and Chris Davis of SNST Amateur Hour, the podcast. Ben is also on the Talking Jacks podcast. He's also been on here a couple of times. Both those guys also write with me over at Soccer and Sweet Tea. Um, a couple of really good dudes. Ben grew up in Greenville. Chris has spent some time in Greenville. Um, so they have some loyalty to Greenville FC as well. And I'm sure if you were in the Milltown operative section or at the tailgate this past weekend, you would have met Ben and Chris and they are good dudes. And so I wanted to get their perspective on the game right after the match. So I'm going to, we're going to jump right into that. And then on the other side, we will uh, talk a little bit more about the match. Welcome into the Soccer and Sweet Tea mega show for Yeah That Soccer Show. Excited to be joined here after the inaugural first 
home match at Greenville FC by Soccer and Sweet Tea's own Soccer Goose Ben Gosshorn and Chris Davis. Guys, thanks for jumping in and joining us. Thanks for uh, having us, man. Yeah, man, I'm really happy to be here. So, uh, just as a quick plug, these guys host a podcast called SNST Amateur Hour, where they mostly cover the PDL, um, but they've talked a little bit about Asheville City and a little bit about Greenville FC just kind of being in this sphere. So, we, I'm actually going to be on with them this week as well, so make sure you check them out, check out that episode, and subscribe to them because, you know what, they need subscribers. So just subscribe. <laughs> Even if you don't listen to it, just subscribe. Give them a rating and a review. Yes. They'll appreciate it. Talk about how beautiful my voice is, whatever. There you, there you go. That's it. my vocal cords are. So, guys, um, we sit here after a, a disappointing 2-1 loss to International FC not going to say that I predicted the score, <laughs> but I might have predicted the score. Yeah. Yeah, technically you are correct um, that you did predict the score. I would disagree with a, a disappointing 2-1 loss. Um, I, I mean, you never want to lose a game, um, but I really think we played borderline exceptional against a really good team. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess you can kind of say, not jumping ahead too much, but they kind of looked a little fatigued international considering they played just a few days ago um, in, in the U.S. Open Cup uh, that we talked about in the preview. Sure. Um, but we played really well, I think. Right. Um, there was a lot of positives I'll take from this. Um, I'm definitely an optimist when it comes to things like this, but I think this feels like a step in the right direction for the team. Um, there was a lot of really standout players that all, I, I noticed on the team uh, that – Make me excited to see more from Greenville FC. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, kind of like you said. I mean, yeah. Uh, you never forget your first home game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and a lot. While a loss can be a bummer, at the same time, games like this is more about the atmosphere and bringing people out mm-hmm. and seeing how that can go. Because I, I still remember the score of my first ever Charlotte Independence game. We lost three to two in our first match against Charleston Battery. But afterwards, me and uh, my buddy Lucial turned to each other and said, we're going to be season ticket holders forever. Because it was just so much fun. It was so electric. And that's honestly what it felt like here tonight. Yeah. And it was really positive. Yeah, I mean, I think <clears throat> I think especially with it being the first match, it's the first time a lot of fans are seeing the team. Because not all these fans are here tonight did not tune in and watch the game last week. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just that's just reality. People, it, it was yep. hard to find. It was hard to get through, honestly. <laughs> hard to listen uh, to. Our very own soccer goose didn't watch the game. He has, yeah. he has yet to watch it, and he's a soccer guy. So True, yes. I know that all these people didn't get to see that game. So to get them out here to their first match, the thing you want most is for them to walk away and feel like, wow, that was fun. And I think anybody that was in the stadium tonight – Walked away thinking, hey, you know what? We might have lost, but I'm dang sure excited about coming back because yep. tonight the atmosphere was electric. I think so. Um, I mean, the Milltown and operatives were really – was a fun section to be in. Mm-hmm. Uh, my viewpoint is probably a little biased, but I, I felt like we were really loud. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of uh, connectivity in that group, which I love to see in the supporters group. I mean, I, I met, got to meet some really cool people tonight. Um, got to try to play some uh, some cornhole and things like that <laughs> very poorly, um, but uh, but yeah, it was just there's a lot of positives I'll take from this. It felt like there was just a lot of dedicated fans out there to support the team, which is really really cool to see. And really, my expectations were high, and I feel like they were exceeded personally. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think I didn't even really know what to expect, particularly with the Milltown operatives. I mean, I know we have kind of been working for a long time and, and gaining some followers and trying to build it organically, but we haven't really had anything to bring us together to actually see if this was going to gel and work. And while I got to stand over there near the Milltown operatives for a good bit of the game, I also stood on the other side of the stadium at the beginning and towards the end, and it, it was just as loud. I mean, it carried, It wasn't just, hey, we're sitting in this section and it seems like it's really loud. Even all the way on the opposite corner of the stadium, you could definitely feel the energy. You could hear it. Um, you could hear the chanting. You could hear the drumming. Um, and it was just like, you know, it was one of those things where we didn't come in with any kind of chance. We didn't come in with anybody saying like, oh, yeah, I'll drum. I'll do this. But, man, it just kind of organically came together and felt like, felt like that's what it's supposed to be. Definitely, it was. It's cool to know that the, the sound carried throughout the stadium too. Yeah. Because um, I feel like that only raises the level of uh, interest. And in, uh, I mean, seeing the the little uh, curly haired child playing <laughs> on the drums. Love nut. That's that's our boy Grinch. Love nut. Love nut. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming that's what said. Name, but, uh, <laughs> the back of his kit said love nut. Um, but he, he was banging on the drum probably almost as loudly as I could. Yeah. Um, it was really cool seeing that. Um, just uh, I've never uh, attempted to use a Muzela before, um, and I probably never will again. Uh, to be honest with you, it's very difficult. Um, but I've learned from my lesson, and it was just a, a really cool, um, fun atmosphere to be a part of, I'll definitely say. Yeah, we had vuvuzelas, we had drums, we had a conch shell, which is like the yeah. craziest thing in the entire world. <laughs> we had a king with a scepter and a rope. Yep. I mean, this was like... This felt like a real deal, big time supporters group. It was so much fun. Um, but aside from aside from the atmosphere, um, what did you guys think about the game in general, the play on the field? It was it was a lot of fun. It wasn't a boring game. I mean, when obviously y'all talked about the Nashville game midweek, and we knew they were a good team, whether they won or by six or lost by six uh, in the Open Cup. Uh, but Greenville went at them. I mean, that first half, it really felt like Greenville had the better chances. And, you know, it was really open. It was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, unfortunate with uh, uh, Nashville's first goal, it was just, you know, that crazy fluke of hitting the post and hitting uh, Tyson's back and going in the net. Yep. But um, it, it was a lot of fun. I unfortunately was setting down my drink when uh, Frego scored. Right. Uh, so I couldn't tell you what it was like at all, but I'm – Really want to hear what it was like. Oh, it was amazing. So I was actually coming from uh, the press box side of the field, walking around to go over to where the Milltown Operas were, and I was actually right behind the goal oh, when he scored. Um, man, it was just that guy, that dude is fast. Yeah. He is so fast. He goes like zero to a hundred real quick. Yeah, um, I mean he yeah. he's blazing. I I didn't do this last week. I I forgot to name a YTSS man of the match, but last week the man of the match would have been Malcolm Frega because he just, I mean his set piece work last week was just phenomenal, but he, but even this week, watching him run up and down the field, it's like he's on train tracks, and it's like, like you say, once he gets the ball at his feet, I mean he made some people just look silly. Yep. I mean he's able to to move on the ball and cut and and keep the ball away from defenders and just dribble around them. It, it's really it's really amazing to watch, and that's basically what he did on that goal Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just found the found the net, him and the keeper, and just punched it in the side. So, yeah. Yeah. Was, and, uh, he's, the, the other thing I really liked about his play as well is that he was all over the place. Yeah, I mean, you can tell his his talent level is a step above. I feel like, and he 
personally, I would probably think he was my man of the match just because he was, you could tell that we were essentially, in, in some ways, playing our offense through him, I felt like. Yeah. Um, our offense was looking towards him um, and, and looking for opportunities and, and for him to give opportunities to our other players, too. So it was, he, he really stood out to me, as well as Paul Tyson. Um, yeah. He was uh, an exceptional keeper, I think, because there was a, a couple chances here and there to start the game after uh, International scored the first goal and even before maybe, um, that he made some exceptional saves. He, he really uh, stood out to me. Yeah, and I don't know if they moved Frego inside um, at any point, but you know he was listed on the starting lineup out wide, which is where he played last week. Yeah. But it felt like for most of the match, he was kind of playing more of a center forward role, almost yeah. that striker role. Um, he, he was out on the he was out on the wing a little bit, but I feel like he cut in a lot. Yeah, um, definitely. And so I, I think that's I think that's okay because he obviously has the ability to kind of pull the string and, and put the ball in the back of the net when it matters. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know Goose, you didn't get to see the game last week. I know one of my criticisms was that especially early on, the chemistry seemed off. The defense was having some issues. Um, keeping keeping the other keeping the revolution from kind of basically pressing into them, um, they had some issues with possession, particularly in the first half. Seemed to get that worked out a little bit in the second half, but man, they must have really worked on that this week because to me, yeah. all of that stuff was was much improved. What did you? How did you feel about um, the team chemistry and the the possession on the ball? Well, uh, yeah, I thought it was great. Uh, definitely much better uh, defensively than. That first uh, half, I, I did watch. Uh, I basically saw all three of George's goals uh, while I was at work last week, uh, so it was a bit of a bummer. But uh, we definitely put together a much better defensive effort this week. And you really, even though they conceded two goals, I, I don't see how you can blame either one of them on any defensive errors that I saw. Yeah. Tyson was great. Uh, nothing like that. It just seemed to be some bad luck. Uh, that second goal may or may not have been offside, but even if it wasn't offside, I mean, it was just a good effort on Nashville's part. Yeah. Uh, so it never felt like we were faltering in uh, the second half either. Um, it, it was really good chemistry. Uh, like I said, I mean, the way they played openly connected, they, they made some really good passes together. The only critique I would say from tonight's game, I felt like when we came out for the second half, maybe they were a little more reserved. Maybe they were trying to change things up to try to get back another goal or something. But I just felt like maybe if they had kept it up, you know, mm-hmm. the tempo they had at the very end of the match, you thought surely yeah. the equalizer was coming. Maybe if they had that from the jump, yeah. The beginning of the second half, maybe we would have seen an equalizer. Yeah, and I think I think they had so many great opportunities to get that equalizer. Felt like felt like for one reason or another, we just couldn't get the ball. We couldn't finish. We hit the post. Yeah. We we'd knock yeah. it just over the crossbar. We'd yeah. knock it just left or just right. It's like we had great chances. Or honestly, their their keeper was was yeah. every bit as good as Tyson was too. I mean, he yeah. made some amazing. That one at the end there? Yeah. I mean, there was plenty of opportunities that, like, I look at this match from the standpoint of you have a team in International who won the conference playoffs last year for the uh, the Southeast Conference in the NPSL. They played the defending PDL champions on Wednesday night and beat them 6-1 and really just made them look silly. Yeah. And, and you know, Gucci and I had talked, maybe maybe the Eagles weren't as good, but then tonight they beat a really good Myrtle Beach Mutiny team. Yeah, 2-1. Yeah. So, you know, obviously it's not it's not that. We thought maybe they're going to rest some guys. They don't rest some guys. Mm-hmm. They basically put out their starting lineup, and we go toe-to-toe with them for, yeah. for 90 minutes and really looked good. And honestly, this game should have been – 
it, it was every bit deserving of a draw. Yeah, um, absolutely. Greenville did not play them. Nashville did not play Greenville. It really was every bit of a draw. And um, I tell you what, one thing I learned, this will be interesting for a lot of our listeners, evidently in the NPSL, you get seven subs. That seems like an excessive amount. It does seem like a lot. I, I figured it would be more than three because back when USL was D3, you were allowed five. Yeah. But seven. Yeah. Because it, it felt did, like. Did they sub that many? They, I think they took just about everyone. And everyone they, they took. Just a lot towards the end of the game. And every sub they took took their sweet time walking off the field. Oh, I, I actually yeah. was asking about Greenville. Did we take seven I don't subs? think Greenville took seven like, subs. But yeah, I don't know that we did more than three, honestly. Yeah. Maybe four. Yeah. Yeah, it was. A really strong showing, I think, from Greenville FC. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I tend to try and take positives even from losses because yeah, that's just kind of what I am <laughs> or who I am. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I feel like this is a good step in the right direction. Our offensive look, our offense looked very threatening. Our defense looked strong in, in pieces there, too. And Chuko Ara was almost negated, I feel like, yeah. Uh, yeah. for the most part. I mean, he had, he had a couple... Really, he had a couple moments where he was on the ball, and he, when he played against the Eagles, he basically ran wild and did what he wanted to. And right. we, we controlled him very well, I think. Yeah. Our, our center backs and, and defensive players that were, uh, were covering him did a really good job, I think. I'll tell you the thing that I was most proud about this team was there was maybe the most egregious non-call yeah. I've ever seen towards the end of the first half. Where uh, one of our players goes down and the international guy intentionally steps over him, yeah. just trying to show him up. And then, from my perspective, now I, I got to be honest, I'm up. I was up here towards the press box, so I didn't see it real good. I know you guys were on the opposite end of the field. Yep. I'm going to go back and watch it, but it really looked like he s- stepped on. I mean, intentionally dropped his cleat on him. The ref, you know, there's there's a little bit of a uh, kerfuffle down there, a little mm-hmm. bit of a little bit of almost coming to fisticuffs. There's a lot of people running in. The ref gets it separated. He basically pulls the guy aside and just does the, no, no, you yeah. won't do that again, but doesn't show him even a yellow. I was incensed by it. <laughs> and But even me being frustrated, nobody was more adamantly frustrated than Coach Lee Squires. Yeah, I saw that. That's when I was like, oh, okay, something really happened. Because we, I, I don't know what to do. I couldn't see what happened. I knew yeah. that something, and yeah. it looked like a Nashville guy was, like, standing over the Greenville guy, but it looked bad. And then for him to not give a card, I almost wonder if he didn't see the first bit. Right. And then he was like, okay, they're both scuffling. What am I going to do, give them both a yellow? But Coach, Coach Squires is very mild-mannered. He's very calm <laughs> and reserved. He's not someone who's super emotional. And so to see him standing up for his players and the ref, I mean, the ref all but sent him off. And yeah. I, I think I think that was really just some poor refereeing. I mean, I, I got I to gotta say that. One, on the no call, but also on the, you know, threatening to send a coach off who's clearly standing up for their guy who was, who was just blatantly disrespected and... and and kicked. I mean, it, it's. I don't know. That was. Uh, but I was. I was proud of the team. I was proud of the coach for, for at least sticking in there and, and not. That could have been a lot worse. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's. I mean, you get bad refereeing all levels, but it does seem like uh, lower division soccer in the United States, you will get some extra. Sure. Like, like you're like, how? How did that not get any sort of call whatsoever? I can't think like we've seen something either way, whether it's against us or yeah. for us. Where you're yeah. just like, how does that not get called? Yeah, and, and I, I and I want to make it clear. Like, I'm I'm not the kind of person that. 
I'm going to get on here and, and let's blame the referees every match. I mean, I get it. You know, we talked about, you know, some, some bad missed offsides calls. Look, these guys are – they're refs. They're not yeah. – they're not – this is not VAR. They're not, you know, perfect. And I understand they're going to miss calls. But a call like that, that, that's one that I feel like we have to at least draw attention to it and say, you know, we need to keep this kind of thing from happening in the future. Yeah, so, yeah there's no place for it in the game. So – now that we've we've seen this match, we've we've seen the atmosphere. We've talked a little about it and break it down. Um, where where do we go from here? What's 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 the path forward for this team um, that you all you all who are fans who live out of state, out of city, but you're following this team and you're passionate about this team? What what do you hope that this this team does going forward? I think more of the same. Um, I don't think it's a situation where we need to. Reinvent the wheel, honestly. I mean, there's a lot of positives, like I said, from, I'll take from this game. Um, the other thing, too, is we had a lot of drive and consistency throughout. Like, we didn't get frustrated towards the end of the game, which can definitely happen in those situations. I've seen it happen with, with all sorts of teams where you're not getting the pass that's in the box that's, that's towards the goal or that, sh- that final shot. Um, we've got a lot of heart on this team, and I, I think that will breed results in time. I, I think with the attacking play that we have as well, that's another thing I'll notice too, is we, we were very high, very active on the attacking side of things. Um, I, I definitely think the other slight negative I'll take from this is that we do need to work on the midfield. Mm-hmm. felt like there was a pretty big gap there um, where we didn't have a good presence there. Um, that's one critique, I'll say, yeah. uh, in, in the game. But what did you think, Chris? Well... Pretty much agree with much of you said. The only other thing I can add to it, it's kind of simple, but take the chances a little bit better. I mean, obviously the team that puts more goals, balls in the net, wins the game, but they had so many opportunities and just barely missed it. And it's just, I don't know what to say other than work on being able to capitalize your chances better. I mean, that's mm-hmm. as simple as you can get in soccer, but there were so many great opportunities that, you know, one of those just goes a little bit, you know, more on target. We're talking about a 3-2 win, which you predicted, instead oh, of a 2-1 loss, which you predicted. Right. And I'm pointing on a podcast, which is great, but y'all know who I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, so, yeah, y'all know who got it right. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to be, like, proud. That yeah, that's right. right. That's right. I won't, wear, I won't wear that badge too proudly. So. Well, guys, thanks for jumping in. I'm uh, excited you guys were able to make down for a match. Yeah. Hopefully, you'll, you'll be able to come down for another one. I know it's hard to... Get all the way down from Charlotte, but yeah. Um, yeah. we got a lot of touring we're doing this summer. Yes, yeah. uh, amateur hour. We're going to uh, Greensboro next Saturday to cover the Carolina Dynamo, and we plan on going to both Myrtle Beach Mutiny and South Carolina United Bantams. So, might be tough, but we're going to try yeah. to see what we can do. But make sure you t- make sure you tune in for, like I said, subscribe to the podcast because look, once you here's the thing about Lower Division Soccer: once you eat the apple, once you eat the apple, you're in, and so uh, you'll you'll want more and more of it. So. These guys do a good job of covering that, but um, thanks for jumping in with us. Thank you for having us. Once again, a big thank you to Ben Gosshorn and Chris Davis. You can follow them over on Twitter. Ben is at the soccer goose and Chris is Chris Davis CLT. Um, We're going to take a quick break and we get back. We'll talk a little bit about the game, just having had some perspective and being able to go back and rewatch it. And then we'll preview Wednesday night's exhibition match against the Savannah Clovers.
We here at Yeah That Soccer Show are proud to welcome our newest partner, Brad Butchkowski. Brad is a real estate agent with the Wondercheck Realty Group, and he is here to serve all of your real estate needs in the upstate. Brad is a huge fan of the podcast. He is a founding member of Greenville FC, and he wants to connect with you to help you buying or selling a house, whatever you're looking to do. Um, you can visit his website, brad.selling-greenville.com. Check out the listings he's got there. Um, or you can connect with him online. Uh, he has He's on Instagram and Facebook, uh, Brad Buczkowski, B-U-C-Z-K-O-W-S-K-I. Or you can find him on Twitter. That might be the easiest spot to find him. It's I am Brad B. Brad Buczkowski, the newest partner for Yeah That Soccer Show. We're excited to have him. Hey, tell him you've heard about him on the podcast. Hey, Greenville, we here at Yeah That Soccer Show are continuing to make huge strides and add new content to take over and be the greatest soccer podcast on the face of the planet. Well, at least the greatest soccer podcast in Greenville. And we would love your help and support to make that happen. And here's a really easy way that you can do that. You can become a patron by going to yeahthatsoccershow.com slash patron, P-A-T-R-O-N, and sign up on our Patreon page. You can see there are different tiers there where you can commit to pledge a little bit of money per month, starting at just a dollar for this awesome content we're putting out, and you can get some added perks. My hope is that it will add value to your life as well, that you will see the value in in giving a little money and getting back so much in return. So as we continue to grow and continue to push forward the soccer culture in Greenville, I hope that you will consider supporting us by signing up to become a patron. Again, thanks for listening, and we couldn't do it without you. So I don't want to belabor the point too much uh, by doing too much more post-match commentary, but I did get a chance to go back and rewatch the goals um, from both teams, all three goals that were scored on Saturday, and I wanted to just give you a little bit of my observation. So Greenville getting the first goal, taking the lead, for the first time in a match this season was, was really exciting. And it was a, it was a beautiful goal. Um, Lee Wadham, who was listed in the starting lineup up top as the striker, um, seemed to be playing out on the left wing a good bit. And, and Frago was playing up in the striker role. It seemed like for most of the match. So on that play, uh, Lee had the ball down uh, on the left side of the box, crossed it in and Frago just really, I mean, powered it into the back of the net. It was a great pass um, by Lee Wadham and a great finish by Malcolm Frago. Now, on the first goal, here's the thing. When I went back and watched the two goals um, from International, like, honestly, they were both kind of fluky. And we had talked about this a little bit with Ben and Chris, but the first goal, uh, there was a play on the ball. It was kind of going back and forth in the midfield. A Greenville player and an international player both went after the ball. They kind of collided and collapsed. Um, there was another international player who just jumped on the ball, kicked it out on the right side down the wing. Um, that player then dribbled it into the top corner of the 18-yard box, took a shot, which, I mean, honestly, I don't think he was expecting it to go in. It hits the post. Um, Paul Tyson dives to make sure it doesn't go in. He lets it go. It hits the post, comes off the post, and hits him in the back and then just rolls into the rolls into the net. I mean, it was really kind of a fluky, fluky goal. And then on the second goal, um, you kind of had a similar situation, bringing the ball down on the right wing. Um, the guy crosses it into the box, to the six-yard box, where the national player just taps it in. But I'm 
pretty confident. You know, you can't really tell from the angle of the camera that we have, but man, it looked like he was offsides a good bit. He he definitely started offsides. I don't know if any of the Greenville players uh, went back defending enough to bring him back onside, but it, you know, again, you can't say definitively with the camera angle, but man, it certainly looked like it was, it was pretty close. And I know for a fact that some of the linesmen were really uh, missing some of those offside calls. I don't want to belabor the incident that happened at the end of the half too much. Um, I have gone and checked to see the disciplinary report for this week, and there's nothing on there about the incident or the player from Inter Nashville. Um, you know, I have tried to hound them a little bit just because I think – here's the thing. I think the team is not in a position to really – complain and I don't think they would complain or try to yell and scream about it. But I feel like as a fan, as a fan that has some form of a platform um, that for me, it's my responsibility to then make sure that those things are at least seen and acknowledged by the league. Um, They haven't acknowledged it yet, but I have an email address for the head of officials and I'm contemplating just sending him an email, not a nasty email, just a very respectful email to make sure that he is aware of the situation. Cause I really think at the end of the day, it's all about protecting the players and standing up for our boys um, and making sure that everybody's safe and that this kind of thing doesn't go at least unnoticed and unacknowledged. It doesn't necessarily have to be punished if, if they respect, you know, the ref's call and, and want to leave it as it is, that's fine. Um, but I at least want it to be acknowledged. And so um, I'm, I'm contemplating doing that in a little bit. So I think I'd mentioned this in the interview with Ben and Chris, but the uh, player of the week for week one that we didn't announce uh, from, from yeah, that soccer show. Now the team is going to announce a player of the week, but this is for the podcast. Yeah. That soccer shows player of the week from the Georgia revolution game was Malcolm Frago. And from this game against international was goalkeeper, Paul Tyson. We were able to get, uh, Paul's thoughts after the game, and so I'm going to play those for you right now. So how did it feel? You're, this is your first start for the team. Um, how, how did you feel going in the match? How did you feel like the match went? Uh, we were quite confident going in. Obviously, we've done a lot of work midweek. Um, I think it'll take a lot more time just to get us gel together, but I'm sure going forward is going to be a lot more wins. And, uh, it's going to be good things. Good things going forward. What, did you, what was your thoughts on the atmosphere here at Eugene Stone Stadium? atmosphere is unbelievable. The, fan, the fans are enough. Yeah, it's brilliant, especially for the first game. I just hope everyone continues to come and keep supporting us because we need these guys. Well, congrats on a great performance. Thank you very much. Thanks to Paul for jumping on and giving us a few thoughts right after the match. We were also able to get some post-match thoughts from Coach Lee Squires, and we're going to listen to those right this second. Coach, um, what did you think about the first game here at, at home with the environment? Um, what, what did you think? This is uh, obviously the first time Greenville FC has been in this place with this group of fans. Um, what did you think of the atmosphere? Uh, I mean, you know, the game aside, I think the support was absolutely tremendous. Um, you know, if this is if this is game one, you know, I'm excited to see game two, game three, game four. Um, yeah, it was it was it was a special atmosphere. Uh, I think the boys rose to the occasion. Um, the game itself, I mean, the difference is is in each 18-yard box. I think we had, you know, a lot of a lot of good moments in the game. Couldn't take advantage. They had a few um, and, and took full advantage. Uh, and their experience of being in these situations before really showed towards the end. Um, a little bit more luck on the night, it could have gone our way, but you know we're learning every day. We're coming together more and more, and if we put on performances like that, we'll, we'll be fine. All right. 
another big thank you to Coach Lee Squires for jumping on, giving us just a few thoughts after the match. Um, so we're going to close the book on the Internashville game. It, it was an exciting first atmosphere. Um, if you didn't get to come out to the tailgate this week, make sure you do that going forward because, man, it was so, so fun. Um, we had a great time out there with the Milltown Operatives, probably about 40 or 50 folks um, down at the Milltown Operatives proper tailgate. But I know there were some other folks tailgating in other, just other sections of the parking lot there. Um, I know there were some kids who wanted to play in a little section of the parking lot. And so, um, but yeah, and even if you're, even if, even if you have kids and you want to tailgate somewhere else, at least come by and, uh, and let us know you're there and just say, Hey, you know, we're excited to be here. We're excited for the game. We had a good little march into the stadium. And in case you don't know exactly where we're tailgating, there's a big parking lot where most folks parked. Um, and the Milltown Operatives is almost all the way in the back corner towards the Furman Chapel. Really right outside the back corner of the Furman Chapel is where we're tailgating. Um, and we had some tents. We had cornhole. We had a lot of folks out there. We had music. It was a ton of fun. So make sure you stop by um, at the matches coming forward and uh, see us at our tailgate. We also have a new Facebook group for just for the tailgating setup. A lot of planning. Who's going to bring what? making sure that things are organized. So if you want to be a part of that or at least want the information, you can go to the Milltown Operatives page, and I think it's linked on there because um, it was just set up the other day. So that would be a good spot for you to get that kind of information going forward. Now, looking at Wednesday night as we play the Savannah Clovers of the UPSL, and uh, this is a match I'm not going to dive too much into, like, who are the players to watch? What's going to be happening? Um, I'll just say this. <clears throat> Savannah has played so far seven games in conference um, in the UPSL. They are um, four zero and three, so they have four wins, three losses, no draws. They're third place in their division. Um, they lost their last match, but they the, basically their their form is loss, win, 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 loss. Um, that's their last five matches. So they're a pretty good team. And uh, I think this is going to be be a benefit for both teams. I think a lot of times it's very interesting that. Um, Typically, your exhibition matches will happen preseason. I think this is a great time for Greenville to have a exhibition match. They've played two games, one on the road, one at home. You've kind of gotten those initial jitters out of the way. You've gotten to see your team play against two pretty good teams and kind of see the adversity and what's happening and what you can work on. And this is a great opportunity, I think, to for Coach Squires to see some different combinations of players who can step up in, in game time, um, maybe, maybe practice some things with really not much on the line. I mean, obviously this, obviously you still want to win. You want to win every time you step on the field. Um, but there's no stakes in this game. It, it is an exhibition. It's a friendly. Um, and so I think it'll be an interesting, an interesting match to watch from that standpoint. I think you'll see a lot of people play, um, You'll see some rotation, a lot of different combinations of, of players, and um, I think that'll be a good testing ground for Coach Squires going forward and kind of set a strategy for the rest of the season. So I'm excited to see the Clovers match on Wednesday night. Um, I am not going to be able to be around at tailgates, but I think that there's still going to be some tailgating going on. It may be a little more congested being that it's midweek and people are coming from work and whatnot. So, um, I would just suggest you follow the Milltown operatives on social media and find all of that information going forward. Now, just to preview what's coming later this week, we're going to have another podcast, um, later this week, we're going to talk to one of the heads of the Royal court. 
which is the New Orleans Jesters supporters group. He's going to come on and help us preview the match for Saturday, which is away at New Orleans. And as fun as it sounds to go down to New Orleans and watch some soccer, I've never been to NOLA. It's one of my bucket list places to go. I am not going to be able to make that drive, um, but hopefully you can get some good information um, in that podcast in terms of where to stream, where to watch the game, what kind of atmosphere our boys going to step into, and what kind of team are they going to be stepping up against on Saturday. I'm also going to be doing the Periscope again this weekend for the game. So we'll start it. I think the game's at 7 o'clock, so we'll start the pregame Periscope at 6.30. We'll do a halftime Periscope and i tell you what, how about you just let me know on Twitter, hit me up, or send me an email at yeahthatsoccershow at gmail.com about if you're interested in doing a live watch, meaning that I will stream um, just me watching the match and just kind of have some conversation with folks on there. That was something we toyed around with last time. I guess we'll see. I think seems like the Jesters probably have a better setup for their stream in terms of commentary and stuff like that. I know they have like a midweek TV show that covers the teams. I mean, I think they're going to be a lot more professional than – than perhaps the last stream we watched. So maybe we won't need that, but hit me up and let me know. Um, also wanted to let you know, we are still doing pre-orders for hats. You can pre-order and save 20% and get the hats for $20 a piece. They're going to be nice hats. They're going to be here the last week of May slash first week of June. Not exactly sure when that's going to land. Um, but if you're interested in pre-ordering, you don't have to pay me or anything right this second. Um, but just shoot me an email. Yeah. That soccer show at gmail.com. And just say, hey, I want a hat or I want two hats, however many hats you want. Um, or you can or you can just tweet at me and uh, I will put your name down because they're first come, first serve. There's only 30 hats. And uh, I want to make sure that folks who want them get them. So you can save some money if you pre-order them. Um, thanks again for listening this week. And we will be back with you in just a few short days to preview the New Orleans Jesters matchup this coming Saturday. <laughs>